Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Disciplinary Action Seaman Francis Del Roney thought it was bullshit. He was only in the fucking military because some asshole judge thought it would be funny to fuck up his life. Francis wished he had chosen prison over the fucking Navy. He would probably be in some tough-as-shit gang right now, running the place. Those prison guards would be jumping when he gave the word instead of being pushed around by these jackbooted government-issue fucktards. He almost made it out, too, if it wasn't for the two no-necks on either side of him. Jumping in the lake was a damn good idea. Throw them off the scent. Go prison break on their asses. Navy beats army and sayonara, bitches. Who knew these steroid-rabbit army automatons could even swim? And that was another thing. How come they got to change their clothes while he had to stand here dripping like a drowned rat? all shivering and shit. He had half a mind to call his congressman, let him know how the fucking army treated a citizen. Who is my congressman, anyway? It didn't fucking matter. He would look it up, and then these army shitheads would brew the fucking day, damn straight. Understand these charges against you? Del Roney looked up at Colonel Stephen Bennett, the tail end of the question piercing his internal rant and bringing him back to the reality of his situation. What? he said. Senior Chief Charles Huxley glared at Del Roney. Seaman Del Roney, you will address the colonel by his rank and you will call him sir. You read me? Now, say yes, sir. I understand the charges against me. Seaman Del Roney shrunk under the penetrating gaze of his senior chief. He hung his head and whimpered. Yes, sir, colonel, sir. I understand the charges against me. Senior Chief Huxley seethed as he kept his glare on Del Roney for several seconds. It's all right, Senior Chief. We're not going to yell at Seaman Del Roney anymore today. We're going to help him. All that fresh Colorado air and beautiful scenery outside our mountain is just too much of a distraction. We need to put him someplace where he is away from all that temptation. I think I have just the place for you. I am ready to pronounce judgment. Colonel Bennett said. Senior Chief Huxley shouted at Del Roney, Seaman Del Roney, attention! Del Roney's efforts amounted to nothing more than raising the slope in his shoulders. This did not rise to the level of satisfaction for the senior chief. Sergeant McDowell, Noonan, help the young seaman come to proper attention, please! Senior Chief Huxley barked. The two military policemen on either side jerked Del Roney's arms straight down to his sides and pulled his shoulders back. Colonel Bennett rested his hands on the podium and stared at Seaman Del Roney. Seaman Del Roney, I reduce you in rank by one grade. I further reduce you in base pay by half for 60 days and restrict you to the base for the same. 
you will no longer be a daily thorn in your senior chief's side, but are to report for duty to Special Projects Disposal Unit for a period not to exceed 45 days. They call it the Skunk Farm, Seaman Apprentice Del Roney. Do you want to know why? It's because when Dr. Craner finishes up running his experiments, the test subjects have to be disposed of. That's your job for the next 45 days. It's buried deep down in the ground. It will free you from any and all distraction and give you plenty of time to ponder the choices before you. The judge sought to give you a second chance. We are going to see to it that you have every opportunity to make the most of it. Maybe, if you feel the bite that your irresponsibility has given you, it will make you want to change your ways and be something else than what you are now. Seaman Apprentice Del Roney, you are dismissed, Colonel Bennett said. He folded up the file in front of him and exited the room as the burly sergeants led Francis Del Roney away. Human Testing Dr. Krenner paced around the lab. He had a call to make, but he was loath to do it. He did not like talking to the military brass. In the field of science they were a broadsword, where a scalpel was required. They were, to his way of thinking, unnecessary evil. The military was only concerned about a particular set of results, and then only so far as those results furthered their mission parameters. Dr. Krenner knew there was something always to be learned from every scientific endeavor, the successes and the failures. He did not even think in terms of failures, so long as new information was gained. The outcome of his latest experiment, an experiment that resulted in the termination of twenty test subjects, was of no real concern to him. He knew there was information to be gained, and facts to be gleaned. It was of no great concern to him, but he knew it would be of tremendous concern to the colonel. That military man would not see a phoenix from the ashes. He would see only the ashes. Colonel Bennett would not see the potential in what he would most certainly call a failed experiment. He would only see budget overruns and lost time. Dr. Krenner approached the wall of glass separating him from the twenty dead chimpanzees in the habitat. He clasped his hands behind his back and fumed at his circumstance, which had nothing to do with the carnage before him. He knew what Colonel Bennett would say. It is what he always said when given the news that was anything but a total and categorical success. Colonel Bennett would remind him that the program was a hair's breadth away from being scrapped, that if there was not real results and soon, the lab would be shut down and the file closed on the project. Dr. Krenner tried to calm his nerves and rehearse in his mind what he was going to say to the colonel when he came down to the lab and saw what was on the other side of the glass. Dr. Krenner was going to have to try and make Colonel Bennett understand. He was going to have to convince him to authorize human trials, despite what he saw in the habitat beyond. Colonel Bennett marched down the brightly lit halls towards the lab. The doctor had requested to see him. When he had asked Dr. Krenner what it was about, he only received the cursory response that it would be better if he just came down. While that answer could mean anything, Stephen Bennett was not a man to assume it was good news. Dr. Krenner continued to stare into the habitat, his arms again clasped behind his back. In the wall of glass he saw the reflection of the monitor above the security door 
and knew that the colonel had arrived. A second later he heard the swish of the door slide open. Dr. Krenner did not turn immediately. Instead, he took a deep breath and put on his best smile, coming about to face his overseer only when he was sure it would be convincing. He rushed up to the colonel, hand outstretched, as if welcoming an old friend. Colonel, thank you for coming. I have much to report, but I want you to know... Colonel Bennett took one look at the glass and brushed past the doctor, ignoring his congenial efforts. He stood agape at what he saw. What the hell is this, doctor? Are all those test subjects dead? Colonel Bennett said. Dr. Krenner winced as he lowered his hand and stared at the back of Colonel Bennett's head. Gathering his resolve, he attempted to put a good light on the situation. Today's trials resulted in an ulterior set of parameters, to be sure, but... For the second time, his words were cut short, as Colonel Bennett spun on him. Ulterior set of... All I see are dead apes. Those aren't results of any kind. Those are twenty failures in there. Twenty line items on a budget report that I am going to have to file. Assets in the red with nothing to show for it, Doctor. Colonel Bennett said. Dr. Krenner grit his teeth. What he had predicted had come to pass. He thought it his curse to labor under those who had not the intellectual dexterity to see how the scientific method must necessarily progress. He let out his breath quietly through his nose and unclenched his teeth. There is much we can learn still. Autopsies will be conducted, of course. From this set of ashes, the phoenix will yet rise, Colonel, Dr. Krenner said. He had used that phrase several times before in appeal to Colonel Bennett's martial sensibilities, in an attempt to assuage him. Save your platitudes, Doctor. This program is in real danger. I have already been on the phone with the Pentagon, and they are this close to shutting it all down. If we don't see some real results and damn quick, it's over, Colonel Bennett said. Dr. Krenner was caught flat-footed. He blinked at the Colonel. The Pentagon? Why are they calling? They must know... Colonel Bennett waved Dr. Krenner off, even as he turned back toward the glass. I called them. It's all fine and good to be playing mad scientist down here, Doctor, but I have some very powerful and impatient people to answer to, and they have to answer to the Stooges in Washington about line items that aren't what they are, if you know what I mean, Colonel Bennett said. Dr. Krenner swayed on his feet. The need for results while putting the program in danger could also make those desiring results amenable to an accelerated set of clinical trials. Dr. Krenner took a breath and then took the plunge. You know, Colonel, chromosomally the primate and the human are very similar. Perhaps it is in the differences that our problem lies. If we could move into human trials, we might... Again, Colonel Bennett turned on him, his face sparing even more shock than when first seeing the dead chimps. You want to what... You want to begin human trials when what we've got down here won't work on monkeys? No, doctor. We need something we can show the brass. Animal test subjects that do what we want them to do. Can you imagine the shitstorm that would rain down on us if we tested this failure on humans? You're supposed to be a smart guy, doctor. Surely you can see that, Colonel Bennett said, storming toward the door. I've got another call to make, doctor, but I can tell you it will not be a pleasant one. You have one week. Give us something we can use or get your resume together, he said, as he punched in his access code. Oh, and I've assigned you a new body to the skunk farm. He's almost as big a washout as this program appears to be. 
By what I see in that cage, he's got his work cut out for him, Colonel Bennett said as he walked out. Dr. Krenner found it hard to breathe, as if the door had slid shut on his windpipe. He reached out and grabbed the corner of the table for support. To take a man's life work was to take his life. He slumped onto a stool and closed his eyes, trying to control his breathing. If the troglodytes in Washington canceled the project, it would almost certainly mark the end of what he was trying to achieve. At the very least, it would be a setback of perhaps years, as he wasted time trying to secure funding and facilities that would allow him to continue. And what would he tell his new benefactors to persuade them to give him what he needed? Governments already worked on the shady side of the street and were more inclined to take and hence allow liberties with ethical boundaries. The fact that the private sector was just as concerned with results as governments were, if not more, was no consolation. No, his best chance, his creation's best chance, was with those he was in bed with now. His breathing returned to normal and he stood. Governments knew how to work in the shadows, to defer and cover up. And so did he. If Colonel Bennett demanded bricks, but would not provide the straw, then he would gather his own straw. And indeed, he already had. Dr. Krenner pushed away from the table. Those failed test subjects would have to be disposed of, down in the skunk farm, as he knew others called it. He smiled. Let them think it a detestable place, a place they would avoid. He knew it to be something else entirely. It was where his true work, his life's work, would live. Extinction level 1.5.